0: Welcome to the Visegrad Insight podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Last weekend, we met in Riga, um, Latvia, for uh, the first ever civil society forum of the Three Seas initiative that was organized by President of Latvia, President Levitz, and uh, partnered by um, by us, um, Visegrad Insight. and prepared um, by uh, Latvian transatlantic organization, LATO. That was a first ever event, a new format within the Three Seas initiative, we're particularly proud of, and we're happy to discuss it later. Uh, but let's start, let's begin with an overview of the, of the events of the, of the last week and, and this week, what's important, what's, uh, what makes Central Europe tick. Uh, so Camille Miles um, are sitting here. My name is Wojciech, uh, Wojciech Przybylski-Miles, Maftian, Kamil Um What are the things that we've we flashed out in the weekly outlook of mm. this week?
1: We see that the Polish president has been sort of uh, having an interne- uh, uh, international relations offensive, uh, especially with our closest neighbors in Poland. Um, he has l- Last week he actually visited uh, the president, Slovak president, Zuzanna Caputova. One of the concrete uh, areas where he wanted to um, uh, fix something, uh, you know, fix something that uh, is very important for Slovakia, is the question of interconnectors. Uh, Slovakia is um, even uh, when the, the negotiations for the sixth pa- uh, the sixth uh, sanctions package, uh, it was uh, it's well noted that Slovaks uh, needed more time to wean itself off of Russian gas. Uh, in uh, in negotiations with Ukraine or in talks with Ukraine, the Slovaks are always underlining the fact that they need the gas to flow to them through Ukraine, even though there's a war. Because it's uh, and the Ukrainians have acknowledged this. The uh, uh, Ukrainians have acknowledged this. So it's clear what what a special uh, role Russian gas is in the Slovak energy mix. Um, uh, but um, the country, the government is trying to rectify this. Uh, and one of the ways to do this is to, of course, connect up to other sources. And as Slovakia has no access to the sea, uh, Their closest, uh, one of their closest neighbors, which do, uh, is Poland. And uh, of course, uh, so that's why... Uh, uh, very, very concretely, uh, uh, President uh, Duda went to President Shaputova to speak about interconnectors. But along with this talk, um, uh, another issue came up, uh, which is the fact that uh, Ukraine's membership uh, in the EU or candidate status—it's no, a new, new relations, uh, relationship with the EU as. I think everyone can uh, attest to the fact that Ukraine needs a new relationship with the EU, Um, uh, and the way that Zuzan, uh, that uh, President Chaputova and uh, President Duda see uh, see it, um, they need to make an offensive, a sort of uh, diplomatic offensive to their Western uh, neighbors, uh, the Western members of the EU, to uh, advocate for Ukraine's uh, candidate status, at least membership in the long term. A lot of Central Europe uh, has uh, come out and agreed with this the baltics um uh, the baltics are a clean exa- a clear example um but uh we'll see how uh, uh the president uh, goes along with this so in a sense it's kind of trying to
2: be the strategic voice on the region which was kind of severely lacking for some time and as we will discuss with the civil society three c's initiative this is definitely part of the plan there.
1: Yes, um, of course. And th- this was last week, of course. So uh, we'll see how this offensive comes out. It's uh, uh, Right now, it's just been uh proposal by by President Zuda, Zuzana Chaputova, not Andrzej Duda, which right. Andrzej Duda accepted, which uh, is quite interesting. We'll see how that plans out. But uh, this weekend, something very significant for Ukraine, uh, Ukrainians and Poles, even though I think it resonated a little bit less in the media here uh, than it did in Ukraine, uh, President Duda actually went to the Verhovna Rada, uh, the Ukrainian parliament, to actually speak to their parliament and to speak uh, to President Zelensky. Uh, a lot of uh, big promises were made, apparently special staff status is supposed to be given to both nations in each other's countries. We'll uh, see how that treaty pans out, but also very interesting. What do you mean special status? So right right now, of course, um, there is uh, um, poles are treated as um, EU citizens are not given any special status other than minority status in Ukraine, language schools and the rest. Uh, But uh, no, uh, but uh, business is regulated. As with every other EU member and the Ukra- Ukrainians in Poland, they have a special status. Uh, they already have a uh, special status, uh, but it's um, it's uh, due to mi- uh, migrants and the need for migrant labor. What was uh, talked about would be that Polish businesses would have an easier time entering the Ukrainian market, um, uh, having... Um, uh, ma- uh, Polish businesses and Polish uh, civ- uh, civilians would have an easier time accessing the Ukrainian market and also being in Ukraine. And apparently, there's supposed to be some more privileges given to Ukrainians in Poland. What what ex- exactly those those will be? Th- that that will have to be um, that That'll be have to that'll have to be fleshed out. But uh, but these prom- uh, but promises were made and uh, quite a symbolic uh, uh, act. Of... Let, so let's let's remind
0: everyone that that we already have uh, Ukraine refugees being plugged in into the into the social security yes. system. They have their identification numbers, just like Poles have when they come to Poland, based on which they receive uh, additional childcare, they're admitted to the schools. hospitals and, and clinics where healthcare is provided, schools the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, probably I would uh, suspect that the government is planning to Launch an initiative based on, on on which Ukrainians get it in a more regulated way, like a comprehensive way. Mm. Uh, looking at the prospects of a long-term a prolonging conflict, and that the the numbers of people who who went to Poland, they also need to have have their. Um, uh, long-term plans or mid-term plans yeah. um, for for that time, um, and not not to be um, trapped in an ad hoc situation. And still, of course, the refugee situation in Poland, if we compare to what has happened with also big numbers in in, in Turkey, is completely different because of the of not only because of the civil society response, but also because of the regulatory system that has been adaptive to uh, to those pressures and and welcoming. So um, yeah, maybe there's there's something more coming with the economy. Um, mm-hmm. We should mention that for many years, and and we have mentioned that before. Ukrainian Ukrainian population has been um, growing through uh, Poland in the EU. So the Eurostat statistics were giving Poland the number one uh rank in in the statistics of first time registrations in yeah. uh, in the EU and these were mostly but not only coming from Ukraine so this is yeah this is really interesting to observe and also it is it is very significant to see that all of these initiatives when we're talking about central europe are taken with different sort of actors that otherwise or before we're not very tempted to talk to Poland or to this leadership in Poland like uh, president of Slovakia, president Chaputova, mm. that took this initiative. And we have had also a visit of president Novak uh, of Hungary, who was, on the, on the other hand, nicely welcomed, but the status of the visit was somehow lower. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly, I would say... It, it, it was as if she was sent on a mission to really um, warm the relations, that uh, I would say totally destroyed relations between Hungary and Poland when it comes to the political leadership. And, and interestingly enough, in the Hungarian media, nobody even spoke about it. There was no coverage. There was no significance attributed to, to that. So, yes, this dynamics is uh, is changing a lot and, and reshaping a lot in Central Europe.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that's important for us from the meeting was also that Ukraine is supposed to get some sort of a status in the Three Seas Initiative.
0: This is a vague statement. Yeah, again, very vague. Uh, because what do we know of now? Three Seas Initiative is 12 countries of EU Yeah and that promise has been made along the plan of along the plan of 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 supporting ukraine uh, membership status so in the future we can say that of course ukraine would belong to the 3 seas initiative as it is and that's already quite a statement in the line of political line of of poland because last summer at the, at the summit in bulgaria there was a big rift between the idea flashed out by Atlantic Council, uh, Ian Andrzeżinski, Ambassador Mosbacher, Ambassador Fried, who who wrote about a a necessary consideration that in time, Ukraine is going to, just like Western Balkans or other countries on the north-south axis, are going to be very important in the framework of the Three Seas Initiative. And there should be already some plans mentioned. I think uh, Georgia Thomas Baher also mentioned recently in some conversation online that she would see Ukraine plugging into the three seas initiative with investment already today, mm-hmm. you know, with some investment bank or Ukrainian businessmen trying to uh, shape the links, you know, between the sea countries and and here. <laughs> but, but I cannot see it possibly how it would happen without um, compromising this original idea that this is. EU within EU, and and the initiative is far from
2: complete as we know. Yeah, to, to speak a little bit about the actual initiative itself. So uh, you mentioned earlier that we we had this conference and we went to Riga, and essentially it was to discuss several different things: governance, connectivity, digital and security aspects uh, of the initiative itself, but from the civil society perspective and i'll just take a step back and just say three c's initiative the larger question of what is it where is it where is it going where is it heading because the idea here is is that you look around and you see that we have you have g20 you have is it n5 you have v4 Uh, You have all these acronyms mixed with, (laughs) mixed with numbers that are regional cooperations. Some, um, some do have uh, sort of a governance structure behind it. And the question that we were asking ourselves wasn't just how do we actually make a structure for this three C's initiative, but it was just this question of, okay, what precisely is this? What are we doing with this? And. Kind of linking back to, you know, Duda's visits and so forth, the idea is is that this could actually be an initiative and one that does give credence where CEE is in the center here, right? But this is, of course, only going to happen uh, through the initiative of different presidents uh, of CEE. Um, But it's very interesting of the actual representatives that we saw, and let's even just say regionally, let's not go specifically into what their functions were or things like this. We had Georgians, we had a Ukrainian, um, we had, of course, Estonians, we had Poles uh, and Czechs. And and the last, the Czechs being, let's say, the most um, hesitant at the three C's initiative in the sense, but it, it, it can be this moment it can be something to build upon where we do have a sort of region, more regional cooperation that does kind of go eastward in the sense. Um, so I think that this is kind of the more critical thing here because, you know, it's an initiative that hasn't been formed or necessarily shaped so specifically yet, but it also gives a lot of space and, and sort of power to the region to actually shape it in some way. What do you think?
0: There is a lot about the 3C's initiative um, to, to tell, and, and indeed from many angles. But let me, m- once again, come back to the meeting we just had in, in Riga. In that meeting, Civil Society Forum, is an attempt to utilize some of the potential of think tankers, civil society, also business people from the region in in a more loose format, not not so rigid as a business summit and political summit that is is very limited in terms of participation, Mm. to think clearly about 3Cs, exactly, asking those questions that you just flashed out in a search for a clarity of purpose of course, aligning with with the objectives of the three C's, which is to bring connectivity, um, north south, and it and and infrastructure connectivity mostly. But uh, our report from last year that that materialized in this in this format now in Riga, and hopefully it's the first civil society forum of that kind for the future, also emphasized the elements of one may call it. I mean, we call it democratic security, but it's more. It's some some call it governance. Some call it yeah the, the questions of environment. You know, in the corporate world, they call it ESG or is ESGT the environment, society, governance, and and and, and tech elements of how a multilateral uh, institution like that can can be meaningful. There is substance behind in the form of an investment fund that. Um, nine countries of 12 uh, have contributed. So indeed, uh, we had Czechs on board with Hungarians and, and also Croats and Slovenians uh, at the meeting. We didn't have Slovaks.
2: Mm-hmm. Slovaks
0: didn't come and Slovaks are probably the most reluctant to involve. Although, when you build south-north connections in this part of the world, Slovaks are indispensable. Perhaps also Slovaks know about it. And that's why they're the last to come on board. Hmm. But seven years after the initiative has been launched, and almost two years since the investment fund has been put in operation and more and more countries were chipping in money, we're still waiting for the commitment a U.S. commitment to be fulfilled, which is also bringing in um, funds to to the investment fund, but interestingly, I think we hear from colleagues in the Baltics that already utilize the fund for building Rail Baltica as kind of leveraging really the rail uh, the Rail Baltica regional components. So the three C's is about leveraging e- leveraging EU money or EU investment to make them more regional, cross border than. Than just in the national pockets, and and for all the who of us who are listening, it, read the report. Of course, where, where you will see the map, and there you will see a big gap on the map. There is a, a, a large deficit of connectivity across the region, and the Baltic states were not even connected by railroad for mm. the past. You know, so when we are talking about, and and not to mention also Poland and and the Baltics, so when we are mentioning. Uh, whatever connectivity and you know, the use, use of this connectivity for for uh, trade, economy, but for uh, defense, um, th- there is also the most obvious question: I mean, What about people-to-people connection, the the basis of the European integration that are missing? So, our emphasis and our sen- one of the four scenarios that we uh, discussed in the in the report was how much three C's. Can be the message of completing Europe whole and free, and becoming really a European strategy that we we we've seen early birds of interest from from the European Commission, uh, previous Commission, uh, Mr. Juncker, uh, German uh, German perspective was embracing that, and also there is an interesting element of how much there is agency within Central Eastern Europe, not to not to just take. Um, European policy planning uh, on board but also shape it but with serious commitment and and that's that's uh, that's what's interesting but but also from the Baltics perspective what we heard a lot from the leading business uh, strategists who were leading our workshops and and their governance scholars uh, also from the, who were also not just Latvians but next to Latvians we had for instance uh, experts from Romania and Lat- and Lithuania and, and and Czechia where the questions of how is it governed how yeah. transparent it is sure. and how accountability it, uh, how accountable is there an oversight uh, and there is some oversight from the banks but the civil society com- component in comparison to many other multilateral structures that are working in the nordics also or in other multilateral or multinational com- companies and organization is always being remembered. And in three Cs, it's not, it's not being remembered. Mm-hmm. It has been forgotten. So I think the big impact that we're making here, and we will continue to advocate for that, uh, because that was also flushed out in preparation in the foresight, ongoing foresight workshops that we've been preparing before this, this uh, took place in Riga online, of course, uh, in the past months, is that is that you need to install the basics of, you can call it again, ESG uh, or ESGT in the three Cs, the, 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 to, to get the third pillar the civil society embedded in order to deliver um, uh, better goals and, and better governance and, uh, and, and actually make the three Cs more trustworthy for, for uh, broader and international investors, but also investors in the region. Uh, and three countries, Austria, Czech Republic and Slovakia, uh, may need some sort of assurances that this is not a side project, geek project, you know, of the Polish government that likes to put some money off, off the books uh, from the public funds and put it in the hands of uh, their proxies. But it's really a serious effort, and I think I honestly think there is a serious effort, but it has been mismanaged to a large yeah. degree, and we're trying to repair it. Yeah. Okay, so these topics uh, may be the, the 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 summary of 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 this this week's podcast, but there are many many more in in the weekly outlook, and they're other texts coming up or already published. So uh, maybe we should just mention what to look for this week.
1: Yeah, so this week, uh, we have a lot of um, interesting stuff. Actually, just published uh, uh, this morning was uh, the issue, something that I think the international media is picking up on, um, but is definitely um, uh, worthwhile in uh, to look at is the issue of Hungarian passports, um, which were given Quite liberally, actually. When uh, when I was editing this article, I saw just how liberally you just had to attend mass in Hungarian in some cases to be eligible for a Hungarian passport, uh, and of course, a lot of people in Transcarpathia in Ukraine took a, uh, took a, um, advantage of this.
0: And that was in the previous years when Orban was uh, employing this policy to build up the electoral base uh, mm-hmm. for his party.
1: Yes, exactly, and to, that's also mentioned there that it was an electoral strategy. But now the question is, what do, what do this, What status do they get? Because they're not Ukrainians in, in the eyes of the law in um, in this Czech the Czech Republic um, and in Slovakia, for example, they're technically the responsibility of Hungary. But Hungary doesn't want to take responsibility. So sadly, these people are getting through the traps. Of course, um, th- when, when it comes to Roma. Um, and I, I don't think I have to explain uh, the issues with uh, with Roma co- uh, communities in, um, in in Central Europe, and is actually very of uh, quite a sad story that I I think more people need to look at. Um, but there are great NGOs in the Czech Republic that are dealing with it. Then we also have an interview with a uh, Finnish uh, MEP about uh, NATO accession, very very timely topic. I think very uh, very very worth our while. And, of course, Hungary, uh, especially Fidesz, um, what else? That is the government of Hungary, sadly, now. And uh, the failure of their strategy, they really put a lot into the future of Europe, uh, into trolling the future of Europe. But um, the, the future of Europe did not come out the way that they wanted it to. And uh, they have been answering, at least in their local media, quite uh, robustly. That's uh, very well covered in that piece. Uh, so all three great pieces, I highly recommend looking out for them.
0: Excellent. All right, have a good uh, week and uh, stay in touch. Subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, give us a a good five star rating on your favorite podcast platform.